We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast, uh, better known as the Dusty Evely Specialty this week because. <laughs> We are going to be talking about the Packers offense thus far. I am Steve Perich. I'm joined by Sarah Kelleher and the aforementioned Dusty Evely. What's going on, guys? Nothing, man. Bye week. Woo! Kind of weird. No Packers game, but I'll take the break. I'll take it. Yes. It's kind of hard to believe we're already, you know, jumping into week 11 of the NFL. I mean... I, I remember some of the off-season stuff that we were doing, and we were like, "Oh my God, when is the NFL going to get here?" And it's just the the season is just running by so quickly. It's running by, and I still feel like so many of the top teams, we don't know enough about them to really feel great or or bad about them. <laughs> like it's still, yeah. Well, the Patriots haven't played a whole lot of people, and the Niners just got beat by the Seahawks, and you know they haven't played a ton of really great teams. So it's even like these teams at the top is like I still don't know how good a lot of these teams are, which is uh, which is weird at this point in the season, I think. So the Packers are eight and two. They had a victory over the Panthers uh, since we last talked. We all correctly predicted that that would uh, that would happen. So. We've all advanced as well. So, Dusty, both you and I are sitting at 8-2. and two. Sarah's at 7-3 and three with our predictions. Obviously, no prediction this week. But let's just get some quick recaps as to what you guys thought about the game. Sarah, what would you think? Yeah, I mean, overall, it was a 
fairly entertaining game to watch. Um, I would have loved for them to take advantage of some more opportunities. I felt like some plays got left on the field, but overall, um, great game for the running backs again. I mean, Aaron Jones is just incredible. Jamal Williams is a great compliment for him, and they just work so well together, and I loved seeing that. Um, offensive line was a little shaky at times, but it is what it is. They were able to get the win, and the snow was just awesome. I loved how throughout the game it was just getting worse and worse and worse, but it was almost like more fun for it to be that way. So a win's a win. Snow game at Lambeau doesn't get much better than that. So, yeah, really good win before the bye. I think it was critical to put them in, like, a good position heading into San Francisco. Yeah, it's it's tough not to get super excited about a Lambeau snow game. So that was awesome in and of itself. I'm with you, Sarah. I think some stuff is left out there. I feel like um, it, it could have been – it definitely could have been a cleaner game. And and the way the offense was looking, kind of coming down to kind of a play at the end there with uh, keeping McCaffrey out, and then you know they have to have the two point conversion as well. But having to stop that uh, made it a little more stressful than it needed to be. I loved I loved uh, the decision to go for it at the end of the first half. I think that was awesome. I do think some of the uh, the running down the clock, even in the moment, was. They're running this down a bit too far. Kyle Allen's not going to throw a 90-yard touchdown. Uh, so if they had let a little more clock, uh, time on the on the clock, that would have helped them out a little bit more, which would have been awesome. They did not, and ultimately the play call failed. But I like the thought process behind that. That was really cool. Um, and also, my last thing, uh, something that I don't think you talked about, Sarah, because you've mentioned running backs and all that, which was awesome. Zedarius Smith had a day, man. Zedarius Smith had a day, and Kenny Clark was an absolute monster for, I feel like, the first time this season. Uh, like yeah. where, where, where it looked like the Kenny Clark we know and love. So uh, stressful game, but a win in a snowy game at Lambeau. Uh, it was awesome against against awesome. a good team. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was great. Yeah, I think I think I saw there was like some conflicting reports, but Z had either fourteen or twelve pressures in a single game. I like, s- that's insane. Yeah, I saw fourteen. I think is the number I saw, which is just yeah, bonkers. Mm-hmm. Just bonkers. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway was for the all the people that said Devontae Adams shouldn't <laughs> they should trade Devontae Adams, the Packers offense is better without him. Is it okay, now you can all be quiet and just we'll we'll let we'll pretend that you didn't say that. Well you can go and delete those tweets and do all the things you need to do, but obviously this, this offense is better with Devontae Adams on it. So that I mean, was if my you, if you thought that I mean I saw somebody say that they should trade him. I, I saw those tweets, the, too. The, like, I, psychopaths, though, probably, right? Those are the, type, the same type of people that like the most stuffed Oreos. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, those two things just go hand in hand. Like, you would just assume. If you think that the Packers are better off without Devontae Adams, you also like the most stuffed Oreos. Mm-hmm. End of discussion, period, at the end of the mm-hmm. sentence. I, <laughs> I can, no, I can totally see somebody sitting in their parents' basement just <laughs> with a stack of Oreos, like eating them and the cream just like shooting out the side of the Oreo while he's tweeting and talking about how the backers would be better without Devontae Adams. Yeah. Yep. A stack, Good job. A stack of them. A stack of the most stuff is like two, Steve. You realize that? Oh, I, I did count it out. I, I saw a picture. It's There's 15 Oreos in that bag. Disgusting. Disgusting. And you know, some grosso like takes the top off of two of them and combines them and makes it like a. Oh, du- you know, there's a the, du- the double most stuff. I didn't need that in my life today, Steve. I didn't, I didn't need that. <laughs> I don't care. I really don't care, Dustin. Yeah. It's fair. <laughs> 
Uh, so a little bit of news and notes. The Packers and 49ers next Sunday has been flexed. So we have another primetime game. The Packers will be on Sunday night football. Ooh. Nothing to uh, really dive into with that, but I just kind of, you know, obviously it happened so recently yesterday. So just wanted to say, make sure everybody saw that. Should be exciting. It's always good to have uh, Al and Chris sliding in into your lives. So <laughs> I didn't. Uh, yeah, I did want to talk. I just kind of gave some reactions for you guys. I saw something on Twitter that just made me think, uh, and it, you know, Rogers even brought it up, is how uh, Aaron Jones needs to be in the MVP conversation. And I just wanted to gauge your reaction because I kind of disagree with that statement. So I just wanted to see where you guys stood on that. So, Dusty, Aaron Jones, MVP, no MVP. What do you think? Nah. Nah, I mean, he's been great. Um, and I'm going I'm to talk about him at length later. I mean, he really is um, kind of what makes this offense go in some ways, and just his versatility opens up so much, and his numbers, uh, particularly his, his touchdowns, you know, are way up. Uh, it's it's very exciting. The season he's having is amazing. Uh, MVP, no. Like, you, you have to have – I mean, the main reason is you have to have a ridiculously special special season as a running back. Uh, to get the MVP, and I think he's having a very good year. I don't believe it's on that level. Yeah. I mean, could he be in the conversation? Maybe. Should his name be thrown around there? Sure. But should he win? I I don't think so. And I think it's great that his teammates have the confidence in him and you know are so happy with how he's playing that they're like, hey, put him in that conversation. But I don't know. I don't know if it's realistic for him to actually win it. But I love the what he's been doing, and like you said, Dusty, it's been critical in how the offense functions on a week-by-week basis. So, sure, he's having a great year. Should he his name be thrown around? Yeah. But should he win? I, I don't know. Well, if you look at it just around the league, I mean, just yeah. one name that jumps out at you, like the top one, what Lamar Jackson is doing this year is preposterous. Yeah. Like to eclipse that or even, you know, what, what Russell Wilson has been doing this year, which is just he's at an extremely high level, to pass either of those two guys, to say nothing of anyone else, uh, it's, it's not not happening. I love yeah, Aaron like, Jones, but no. And like you said, with running backs, too, just historically, you have to have some absurd, absurd numbers. Yeah, for, for give him to 45 touchdowns and 3,000 combined yards. Yeah, oh, yeah, that'll get him there. <laughs> that will get him there. This is my thought is – He's a great player. He's doing everything that's asked of him, and he's doing it very well. He's just not getting enough touches to be in that consideration because right now I know he played right against Christian McCaffrey, and he outplayed him. McCaffrey is 41% of the Panthers' offense, mm-hmm. 41%. He does every single thing. Like They don't have a Jamal Williams on that team. And right now, he like if it's going to be a running back, it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. Well, McCaffrey's on the field too. Like I think ninety nine percent of snaps, maybe a hundred percent of yeah. snaps. Like it's something ridiculous. And the other, the other thing I'm looking at is his rushing attempts because um, I saw a tweet earlier, kind of comparing and Dusty. We talked about this. It was the tweet comparing Aaron Jones' current mm-hmm. stats and projected for versus. Uh, Ladainian Tomlinson's MVP year, Adrian Peterson's MVP year, Sean Alexander's MVP year, and he's looking great. He's on track for like 1,500 yards and 22 touchdowns. But if you look at the rushing attempts, I'm actually I've got him pulled up right now. He has 
23 in one game, 19 in the other. He hasn't cracked 13 the rest of them. Like that, it's just he need if he's gonna be an MVP candidate, he either needs more volume in rushing attempts or he needs to score two to three touchdowns the rest of the way out. Every single yeah. game, he needs to hit two to three touchdowns. So, I love Aaron Jones. I just don't think I think he's I think he is like a fringe MVP candidate at best right now. At, so, at best, yes. At best, <laughs> yeah. And don't get me wrong, like Aaron Jones is my favorite. You know, I've been beating this drum yeah. for for like a whole year now. So, um, if Aaron Jones is listening, we love you, and you, we'd love to have you on the podcast. So please, please yes, feel free to get please. in contact with me. Shoot me a DM. It, it'll be cool. It'll please be cool. come on, talk to us. <laughs> so for the Pack a Day podcast, we have been kind of breaking down a lot of things, especially since we have the bye week. Um, so we have been tasked to talk about the Packers offense. So we decided to give out some grades and, um, kind of discuss what we've seen for the first, through the first 10 games of the season. So Sarah, I'm going to start off with you. You were given the wide receiver slash tight end group. Uh, give me a grade and just kind of an overall feeling about what you've seen so far from them. Okay. So I said like, C plus B minus range for these guys. Um, I think with the expectation, especially, so a lot of this that I kind of like my analysis for this was excluding Devontae Adams since he was gone for a bulk of the season so far. Um, and for what they had and what they were able to do with the wide receivers in particular, I was pretty impressed with what they were able to come up with. You know, they're really, and I still don't know who really is wide receiver two right now. There's so – one game it's this guy, another game it's another one. It's Lazard sometimes. I think it's Alan Lazard. Yeah. I think it is – every week I am more and more convinced that it's Alan Lazard. But I know there was talk that it was MBS and then whoever. So that was the thing. Um, but I was really impressed with what they were able to do without Devontae Adams. I think we saw Kumaro come to life a few times. I mean, Lazard is basically born because of this. Um, I know Rodgers was – pushing for him to have more playing time and it was great to see him get that and he's really proven himself in every opportunity he's gotten so moving forwards I'm most excited I think to see how he develops um it looks like each game they're using him more and more so that's something that I thoroughly have enjoyed watching uh Geronimo Allison is Geronimo Allison um (laughs) has I think cursed Steve and I, because every time he drops a pass, we just can't unsee it or not think of Dusty anymore. I believe it's, um, I believe I poisoned your mind. Yeah. I think is what, I, that's what you call it. Like worm tongue. I call it like I, worm tongue, but with truth. I don't know, but I just can't unsee it. Worm tongue? Every- what is worm tongue? <laughs> you don't know, like from Lord of the Rings? Grima? Worm uh, okay. I, I mean, I saw Lord of the Rings like 18 years ago, but no, I don't. I'm not Read really the re- books you want educated. Cool. <laughs> Why would I read books when I could just sit down and watch it? It's a good point. Those movies are banger. I avoided all of the Harry Potter books so I could just watch the movies. Oh, but those are so good. Anyways. <laughs> Go ahead, Sarah. Back, back to wide receivers and tight end group. Um, as far as tight ends, I, I mean, Jimmy Graham is – I think everyone's always a little bit disappointed in him. Um, so actually on Transplants today, I listened to a little of it earlier and they were talking about Jimmy Graham and how, you know, he gets a lot of hate, but that he has improved in the blocking aspect of 
his game, that there's been a lot of times on film this year that he's popped up, mm-hmm. like, opening a lot of stuff up with the run. Um, so shout-out to him there. Um, he still struggles with some things, but I think on Sunday we saw him perform better than he has been. Um, I'm hoping that now Sternberger can get more involved and kind of, like, up the grade in that group. So for me, the wide receivers were a little higher on the grading scale than the tight ends. Combine those together, I kind of got, like, that B minus range. Um, so that was my thought process there. Um, kind of takeaways from the wide receivers, like I said before, Lazard, I think, is the next guy up. Um, or he, if he isn't right now, he has the potential to at least be there, um, whether it's next season or however long it takes. So that was kind of my takeaways from that. You know, the funny thing is, is uh, we, we talked about Geronimo Allison for a minute and how Dusty has poisoned our mind. I have the complete opposite effect, too, because Dusty has completely, like, butterfly effect my mind of the Dusty the Dusty Evely effect of now I am watching things in games of I was watching Sternberger every time he was playing. I'm like, is he going to go out on a route? Is I'm he so just blocking? I know, and I'm seriously – and even – tweeted like sent you a dm after the game i'm like i i was watching this i was watching him block i'm like is just tell me are they setting this up so all of a sudden he's gonna run some (laughs) cheat he's gonna run a cheese wheel route for a touchdown and i'm gonna freak out and then just tweet at you immediately yeah yeah it's exciting i love that i i I mean i I tell that to everybody there's there's a couple ways to watch the game that's one of them I mean, there's multiple ways to watch a game. Um, the other one that, that I've been doing quite a bit that Chris Brown, uh, the football writer, talks about is uh, watching the grass. You look for the open grass pre-snap, and you see how an offense can attack that and then also how a defense can cover that up. Um, for, like, an overall concept, that's really that's really fun. But, yeah, you watching Sternberger, because um, I, I I generally just watch the grass when I watch games. Um, sure. I don't pay attention to individual players until later. I thought that was awesome that you were, that you were watching stuff that way. That was amazing. Yeah, it just got me excited because I mean he was doing a really good job blocking, which is which is exciting for one of our tight ends to actually be really good at blocking. But I like I just had the the thoughts of of Vitaly, and you know he's been blocking this way for two weeks, and then all of a sudden they just throw him out and have him go on a wheel route, and he's catching balls, and so I'm excited. That was uh, that was exciting for me. I took uh, for this breakdown, I took the. The easy route for myself because, you know, I'm the host, so I can kind of do those types of things. <laughs> but I took the quarterback play. So basically I've got Aaron Rodgers, which normally you're just like, yeah, that's an A. You just gave him an A. But um, it's been interesting. I think he's been, for the most part, bought into the system. There's been some old Mike McCarthy hero ball here and there. I ended up going with a B for the quarterback play for this year. Uh, Rodgers, his stats-wise, I mean, he's still still doing his crazy-ass stuff. Of throw, what He's thrown two picks this whole season, and I'm pretty sure they were both tip balls. For sure one yeah, against the I Eagles. Think, yeah. And he I, had some dropped, but I think, yeah, I think both the ones that are actually thrown were tipped. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm with you. However, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been some balls that should have been picked off. That, yeah. like, just he, I don't know what it is, but he has got some magic, like, voodoo or whatever that, like, he that he does to every single ball. That as soon as it hits a defender's hands, if it's just from his hand, it bounces right off. It's crazy. It's just crazy. Uh, but I mean, he's got 17 touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, he's taken 22 sacks. That's a little bit on the offensive line as well, which we'll talk about in a minute, but. Overall, I feel like he has bought into the system. Like he understands 
that it doesn't have to just be him this time this time around. Like every single year before it was, oh, crap, I've got to go out and throw it 45 times. I've got to go win the game. And if I'm not perfect, we're screwed. And it doesn't have to be that way. And I think he's starting to really understand that and appreciate it. He didn't throw. He hasn't thrown for a touchdown in the last. Uh, he didn't throw for a touchdown in the last game. I think he has won the game before that. Sounds right. Yeah. And uh, you know, as a humble brag, apparently I traded Aaron Rodgers in fantasy football at the right time, and uh, traded him right before that. So, but overall, like he's been doing really well. Like I think him and Lafleur have the same ideas. Um, I. Like like you said, Dusty, I loved the fourth, the going forward on fourth down, on the goal line. I hated the call, but I think that's pretty. I think that's a pretty common theme for most Packers fans. Of, yeah, this is awesome. You're going for it, but you took somebody. To, they took a timeout, and that's all you could come up with was, "Hey, let's run right down the middle." Eh, eh, it doesn't sound about yeah. Overall, though, love it. I think um, I think he's ascending. I think he's. By the end of the year, should be at a B plus, A minus, and getting them into the playoffs, getting them to a Super Bowl. I mean, you're you're ending up with an A grade. So we are spoiled as Packers fans because Aaron Rodgers has been so good for so long that I that I look at his his season of 17 touchdowns and two interceptions. I'm like, eh, that's a B. That's <laughs> a B. I mean, it could be better. It could be better. I mean. Deep ball's we, been a bit off too. We're yeah, we've seen we've off. seen things that um, you know he should honestly he should have more touchdowns. His deep ball game, I don't know if it's still hasn't figured out how to throw to MVS because he thinks he's going to overthrow him because he's so fast. But there's something off on that aspect. We don't really know what it is, but I'm not really going to complain about Aaron Rodgers too much. So, Dusty, we will uh, we're going to give you the floor because you have running backs, which is probably the strongest group so far. Uh, ooh, a little hand rub too, a little Mr. Miyagi action. That's I right. like it. That's right. Getting warmed up. Getting warmed up, Steve. <laughs> okay, wait. We do have to do this before. Sarah, do you know who Mr. Miyagi is? That's a good. Yeah. That's a good question. Oh, shut up. Oh. Wait, hold on. She's gonna Google him. It doesn't count if you oh, Google oh him. Oh my God! It's from the Karate Kid. Do you know that? Do you know what the Karate Kid? And, and not, yes, I know and not the Karate, karate Kid with um. Not with, with Jaden Smith. Yeah, no, not with Jaden. No, it's it's uh it's the older version of Jackie Chan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the older version. But of he learned Chan. all of his skills from like serving with, milkshakes to yeah. Ron Howard in them, and then it's got it's own. Ralph Macchio. He learns mm-hmm. how to wax on, wax off with the the car, and no, yeah, sweep the leg, sweep the leg. The, the crane kick. The crane kick, yeah. Um, Nothing. Oh my! He God. catches a catches a fly with chopsticks. You remember that, Steve? He does that. Mm-hmm. I'm making that up, right? That's a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And he d- right. dates Elizabeth's shoe. Like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. that's Elizabeth's shoe. Oh, I forgot uh-huh. about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, she doesn't. I'm not gonna ask Sarah because she doesn't know who that is. <laughs> oh, bitch. <laughs> All right. I know you're super busy with all of your your schoolwork and everything like that, but come on, Sarah. Just for Dusty and I, watch this movie. It's it's iconic. It's amazing. I, Steve, I'm a, I'm be honest with you, man. I don't know how well it holds up, and so I'm not I'm not gonna stick my hand my my name on that. I loved it as a kid. I've not watched it since, 
So if you want to push for it, that's I've, fine. Oh, I've, I've seen it on TV multiple times in the past several good. years. Oh, it's an 80s movie, but it's still outstanding. Okay. Listen, when in literally a month I will be graduated, I will have time every single night to watch a movie. I will not come home and have five hours of homework. So I can watch any movies that you guys suggest to me. Christmas is coming up, so Gremlins gets in there. But we that's a, that's a discussion for a different time, probably. Okay, yeah, we're going to have to discuss some Christmas movies as that season gets closer. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Before we even get into running backs, I do have to do this. Die Hard, Christmas movie, not a Christmas movie. Listen, this discussion cropped up last year or a couple years ago, and I will say I very forcefully this is a dumb conversation because that's a it's a Christmas movie yes. and there's a zero there's zero question behind it. It's got it's got a man going across the country to reunite with his family. Isn't and, it awesome? And then, yes. And it, it's it's during so that's the thing. People are like, well it just takes place during a Christmas party. No, no, no. If you look at the themes of Christmas movies, a lot <laughs> of the same themes line up with Die Hard. It's just that more people die in Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Die Hard is absolutely without a doubt a Christmas movie, yeah. and if you disagree you are the one who is wrong, and you are the one who is crazy, and I firmly believe that. It's Steve, another I'm, most stuff Oreos take. Yeah, it's just something to argue about because people want to argue about something, but it's absolutely, positively, 100% a Christmas movie. And <laughs> I, I just assume that if you think it's not, you've not actually seen it. Right, Steve? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I am 100% on board with you. It is one of the things I argue with about my wife uh, every Christmas because I love that movie <laughs> and it needs to be watched every single Christmas season. And yeah. she tells me it's not a Christmas movie and I, we get into a fight every year. So, yeah. Okay. Sarah, have you actually seen Die Hard? I saw it a long time ago. I don't remember much about it, but I do remember that it was like on Christmas Eve. And See, Lethal oh, Weapon that. takes place. The first Lethal Weapon is put during Christmas, but that doesn't really feel like a Christmas movie. That's just set around Christmas. Die Hard is absolutely a Christmas movie. Darcy, I think we're going to have to come up with a movie list for Sarah. Yeah, yeah, it's looking mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Start okay. A, start a Google Doc. <laughs> running backs, go! All right. So I got running backs, and hey, man, there's like three of them, and so I'll touch briefly on two of them before getting into one of them and why he's so important. That's the guy we already talked about. Uh, Jamal Williams has been really good. I feel like I've been banging the drum for Williams since he's been around. Uh, I know a lot of people were not with me. My argument was... Uh, you know, beyond that, he's very good in pass pro. The big thing about Jamal Williams, he had a little more wiggle than I think that people gave him credit for. He's better in the open field. He didn't, not a ton of quickness, but quicker than people gave him credit for. Not a lot of speed, but pretty fast for a guy that with his skill set. Uh, and, and not a whole lot of catches, but that's because he didn't get much of an opportunity. I think he's putting all of that on display. They're doing, uh, Packers are running a lot of that, uh, I think it's called the uh, Pony Package. I think that was from Ben Fennell was, was calling it that, uh, that with the two running backs on the field at the same time. They complement each other really, really well, and Jamal Williams has been amazing. This season has been so, so good for him, and I'm thrilled because dude is like just a legitimately fun and interesting guy to uh, to listen to. His interview is always great. Um, Danny Vitale, we'll, we'll put in that mix as well. Danny Vitale is great. Uh, his his role is, I feel like there's times I'd like to see a little more expanded, uh, but he does what he's supposed to do so well, which is be kind of the main route runner there. They got the cheese, uh, Steve, you mentioned the cheese wheel earlier. That's the Vitaly mm-hmm. special. They've set that up so well. They've run so much different stuff off of that. They actually ran it again this past week, um, and Vitaly cut up field when he wasn't supposed to, and it almost led to a pick six, and that was bad. That was bad. But for the most part, 
Danny Vitale has been really, really good. He's done what he needs to. I don't think he's necessarily the best fullback. He's not really going to be a good short yardage guy, but they got Jamal Williams for that. He's a very good receiver and a guy you can move around. He kind of, uh, just his size, it's almost like a um, like an undersized tight end that you can put on the field there. Like I, re- I really like what he brings to the field. So both those guys, Williams and Vitale, are really, really good. Let's get to the big one. Let's get to the big one, and that's Aaron Jones. Steve, you and I have talked about this a yeah, ton about how he needs more touches. He's getting those. Um, I've got a I bunch still, of. I still could say he needs some more. He could, but how he's being used, I think, is so so good. Um, I, I love how he's being used, but I think I think you're. I would love fifteen I, to seventeen rushes. Five. I think pitches. the reason I'm okay with it. With with his well not his production with his touches maybe not quite being where we had talked about is Jamal Williams being as good as he is I think that yeah. changes the, I think that changes the math a little bit just because it's not you're you're giving the ball to Williams you're not running that ball at the middle a bunch of times you're also spreading Williams out or you're running off tackle stuff with him I think just just his emergence I think has changed that calculus a bit um, which is I'm okay with it which it sounds like you pretty much are too it's just I get it. I still – I'm actually going to look up their exact stats, but I still would – I would prefer that Aaron Jones is getting 60% to Jamal Williams, 40, and it very well could be there right now. Um, but, I, I mean, I love Jamal Williams. I've, I've said I was wrong about him. I think that he is playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. He's got heart. He's got – just pure determination nonstop, which is amazing. But if you're telling me I, my choice is 50-50, 60-40, I want the 60-40 for Aaron Jones because he's got that that home run ability. I'll tell you what's great about Williams, too. One of the things I love about him, and then I'll get into Aaron Jones, he, he's a really good like kind of violent route runner. They use him a lot on these um, – they split him out wide and they use him on these curls to kind of open up uh, this, the, 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 the smash concept, the, the corner or the fade over the top. And he sells that so, so well, which is important in those specifically because you want that corner biting up on that to open up room for the corner underneath. Uh, I've, I've watched, there's one play, I broke it down this year, with Williams and Kumar running the exact same route on either sides, and Williams blows Kumar out of the water on that route. It's a ton of fun to watch. Williams is great. Um, I want to look at some Aaron Jones numbers and then kind of talk about what that means as far as uh, offensive trends and just the offense as a whole. So uh, last year... You know, Aaron Jones had the uh, the four game suspension to open up the year. Was it four or two? I feel like it was two, and he missed two later on. Either way, he played twelve games last year. This year, he's up to twelve. He's up to ten games. Uh, you know, played in every single one so far. His health has been great, which is kind of knock on him. He's been he's been healthy, which has been awesome. Uh, so he's played two less games so far this year than he did all of last year. In those two fewer games, he has a total of thirteen more touches, only nine more yards on those, and I'll get into that. And five more touchdowns. Now, five, now, touchdowns are touchdowns are kind of a fluky thing. You can't really predict those. You have one guy, I th- Mercedes Lewis, is a perfect example. He had like a ten touchdown season in Jacksonville, and I think zero the next year or something. So it's fluky to an extent. So that five is just the five doesn't necessarily mean he's playing better in and of itself, but it's a nice little number to kind of hang your hat on. So again, thirteen more touches for only nine more yards. It doesn't sound like much, but again, that's two fewer games. Um, the touches are up, being eleven. While, ha- while still having two games to make up is terrific, but it's also the bigger point of that is where those touches are coming from. His number's actually down in the rushing game. He only has, he has two more rushes this year and did through 12 games last year for 139 fewer yards, which is a drop-off of 1.1 yards per carry. He was at 5.5 last year. He's at 4.4 this year. Um, so that's not great. 
that's not great. But Steve, you and I were kind of talking before the show. Some of that is the way he's being used. Uh, before he was kind of brought in, is that home run guy? Is that kind of uh, the edge spreader you're going to get him out in space? This year they're using him more in some of those goal line situations. They're using him more in ways we would have seen Jamal Williams. Uh, they, those guys are not necessarily mix and match, but they're using them a little bit more in that way this year. And so he's running a little more between guards than he was in the past. And so that, that, that hurts his numbers a little. What excites me so much about it is uh, is how how he's being used in the passing game and what those numbers look like. So last season, and Steve, this was a big point we had talked about before, was not just mm-hmm. rushes but touches. We want to see him get touches and we want to see him get targets. The knock on him that a lot of people kind of said that was completely unfalse is he's not a great receiver, which is wrong. That's always been wrong. He was a, a receiver in high school, and by all accounts, a very good receiver in high school. Uh, his catch rate his rookie year, I think, was around 50%, just terrible for a running back. But the context of that is he was, had Brent Hundley throwing to him for a bit. So that that's a problem. And if you if you go back in Ben Fennell's uh, Twitter feed, he did a whole slew of things about uh, Aaron Jones from UTEP. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. like, he showed all – like, how ama- like how really, really – of yeah. a great receiver he was. And, and I remember and how they're using him then and basically had mirroring how they're mm-hmm. using him now, like as far as route concepts and stuff as well, which was awesome. Uh, yeah, that was, that was amazing. Um, ben Fennell's great. He's great. A nice guy. And so handsome. Uh, so, <laughs> so last season through 12 games, he had 35 targets all year. I don't right now. I don't care about the catches. I want to look at the targets, 35 targets all year um, through 12 games this season through 10 games. 46 targets and his yards per attempt. So he's, he's got more, uh, more targets. His yards per attempt are uh, at 7.7 yards up 1.8 yards from last year. So they're using him. They're targeting him more. And when they do his catch rates, his catch rates up, I don't have the catch rate in front of me. His catch rates up by, I think um, around 2%. Uh, so they're using him more in the passing game and he's more effective in the passing game than he was. And part of that is kind of how they're using him. So if we dig down a little further into where those targets are coming from, uh, last season, 96.9% of his targets were within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. He's a running back that makes sense, but that's 97%. So he had a total of 3% where he lined up or, or where those came further than 10 yards. And that, that made up of, just based on the targets, one single target that was 20 yards down the field that was a 24-yard touchdown. That was it. That was it last year. That's all he had. This year, that was 96.9% of the year. This season... That number is 91%. 91, or, uh, 91.91% uh, 91% of the time, he's being targeted within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. That means 9% of the time, he's going further. Now, it doesn't seem like a ton, but again, if you take this into consideration, is that he's being targeted more than he was last year. He's being targeted more than he ever has been in his entire career. And also, they're targeting him deeper down the field. So it's not just he's not just running running back routes, and and that goes as well. So so far last year, one target past ten yards, twenty four yards. This year, only four targets, but they've gone for ninety yards. And part of that is how they're lining him up, what they're using him for. Last season, ninety five point seven percent of the time he was lined up in the backfield. Again, running back that makes sense. This year, eighty seven point three percent of the time he's lined up in the backfield. So it's a decrease of eight point four percent that he's lined up in the backfield this year. And that's because they're doing so much with motion, they're doing so much with spreading him out. Last season he lined up wide a grand total of eight times, eight times through twelve games. This season, twenty nine times through ten games. Last season, slot lined up eight times. This season, eighteen times. They're moving him around, they're getting him in motion, they're moving him around, they're getting these matchups they like, and then when they like the matchups 
they're looking further than 10 yards down the field to hit him. It's and again, that's so that's that's basically all the numbers. It's a lot of numbers. I apologize, but it's an, it, but it really kind of spells out to me what Lafleur's offense is doing and what they do so well and what he's doing so well. And we saw that even this past week as well. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago was the big camera game. It was that was. Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones kept spreading out wide, kept spreading out wide, and kept getting a linebacker on him, and Rodgers was killing them. The Chiefs game. That was the Chiefs game. Well, they're doing that again. Uh, they do that every game, but they're doing that a lot this past week in the Panthers game. And what that led to, and we didn't see it, and, and we saw more shots this past game, and one of the reasons I think we saw more shots, they're spreading that out, and you could see the Panthers don't want to get caught in that. They'd seen the film on that. They'd seen the, you know, get matched up on linebacker, and he's going to kill you because you've got these two running backs you can split out. So instead, you've got Keekley out there waving around, waving around. They're shifting safeties down to cover these guys, and naturally when you shift that, you're shifting safeties. If you look at a lot of these plays, you're shifting a safety over now to take a running back. Suddenly, the middle of the field is not nearly as well protected as it was, and that led to he didn't hit on a lot of them. Rogers taking more shots because you've got safeties and corners out of position because they don't want to get caught with linebackers on these running backs because they'd seen what that can do. And so, to me, that's just how they're using Aaron Jones and, you know, to a lesser extent, Jamal Williams, how they're lining him up, where they're targeting these guys. It just it's it, it does so much I think to say what Lafleur's offense is, is doing, what they're targeting, how they're targeting it, and how that affects defenses, and how they're running stuff counter to that as well. So um, I don't think I gave him a grade. Uh, running backs like <laughs> we'll do Christmas story right. It's a plus 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 plus. Like the running back, the depth isn't necessarily there. You essentially have three guys. You know, Trey Carson played a bit earlier and used Trey Carson. He's not around anymore. Um, Dexter Williams, uh, they don't feel like he's ready to go. But the three guys that they've had out there that have gotten snaps, I, I don't know that you could have hoped for anything better than what you've been getting this year. I'm I'm done talking. That's it. That's what I got. Um, okay. Just to comment on Christmas movies again, Christmas Story. <laughs> Great Christmas movie. There so. you go, Sarah. There you go. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to add something about the running backs, but no, let's talk about Christmas movies. That was more. that was important. Sarah's well, comment wanted, was important. Well, I, wait, so what? Your your comment was that Christmas Story is a great movie. Well, I just wanted to prove my like <laughs> non youth side because like that's an older movie. No, dude, it. come on, that gets played on TBS like yeah. in a loop for like two months. In elementary school, they used to do games like all the time where it was like a Christmas story, like trivia, and no one ever knew the answers. I was like the only one that ever watched it, and so I was always so proud because I was like, I know it, I know so, all. So, were you the one that like got kids to stick their tongue to the pole, <laughs> the flagpole? <laughs> Do you remember where I live? Like, <laughs> oh, that's right. It's freezing up here, and you're like, "Ooh, it's cold in Florida. It's it down to 55." Oh, I love it. I love the cold. But I was just saying, everyone else today, I saw like people in sweatpants and like sweatshirts, and I'm like, typical. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had some comment about the running backs, but it's all now gone. Uh, it's gone. The uh, the 125 proof whiskey that I am drinking tonight has has diminished my brain. Apparently. Good God, Steve! Yeah, I found a bottle of uh, 17 the 1792 bourbon. Oh, nice. Okay. And it was a single like a single barrel store pick. Wow. Which I uh, I you know I've you know I've seen the 1792s all around, but it's always just like the small batch, whatever that one is. Yeah, which is which is pretty good. It's good. I like that one pretty well. But this was yeah, this was a single barrel like full proof um, store pick, and it was forty bucks. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's actually really good, 
really good. So, um, all right, so we've got quarterbacks, we've done wide receivers and tight ends, we've done running backs, and then we will end with the offensive line group. Uh, we just kind of will – everybody will kind of make a little comment on this one. So, uh, overall, guys, what did you have? Dusty, what did you have their grade at? Oh, um, yes. it's tough. It's tough, man. I think probably uh, it's it's they've had ups and downs. I'm gonna say probably like a, a B minus, C plus, somewhere that like better than average. And I think Elton Jenkins has been amazing, but there's just been too many weird kind of off games that it's tough to give. I think a higher grade than that for me. Okay, Sarah, what'd you end up with? I had C plus, kind of basically for the same reasons. Like there's been a lot of up and down, but there's been players that have shined, players that have struggled. So I kind of threw them in like around average, sometimes better. Yeah, I had right around the same thing. I had a B minus of just 22 sacks on the quarterback in 10 games is not great. Um, and I know there was a bunch in that first game with the uh, with the Bears, but. It like you guys said, it's just it hasn't been consistent, which is something that you always want from your offensive line. You just want them to be great nonstop, which isn't happening. But overall, they've been serviceable. They've been dinged up. Like you know, Bakhtiari's dealing with the back. You know, Balaga's got that that hand issue. Um, I still didn't understand how he he went from playing like going all pro to less than all pro versus the Chargers. Like he just let people run right by him. That didn't seem like a hand issue to me, but overall, it's been good. You hope that they're going to continually get better. So, I mean, it's kind of like a shrug emoji almost, I think, is the best way to describe the <laughs> offensive line at this point. So, yeah, we've yeah, I, I, like we done all the grades, and now I just want to do an overall grade. What do you guys think, 10 games into the Matt LaFleur offense, what is your grade for them so far? Sarah, I want you to go first. I would say like a B minus. I think it's been impressive for like the first year and everything, but there's definitely things that need to be fixed. Still, there's little tweaks that can be worked out. So I would say overall B minus, kind of way better than I expected, better than the average team, but I think they still have way to go. Maybe just a B, not a B minus, so somewhere in there. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. I think I'm around a B. I think, um, you know, again, kind of looking at how this offense is constructed, what they're doing, what they've been setting up, how they've been executing on that. I still think they have a ways to go. Uh, you know, they're still, you know, setting some stuff up. They, you know, uh, the, the the tight end group has not been overly dynamic with Tanyan being injured. You know, Sarah talked about that in her her section with the, the wide receivers and tight ends, that the tight ends have been meh, fine-ish, I guess. I feel like that changes with Tanyan or, or Sternberger can – come out the gate and do something good so I felt like maybe that that hampered a little what he wanted to do and I do feel like they're still setting some stuff up so I still think um that that's that's the most amazing thing you know they're eight and two uh the defense is is kind of fits and starts at times and the same thing with the offense that I still don't feel like either of those groups is playing up to necessarily the level that they can play to uh so yeah I'll give them a B I think room for improvement but I I have every confidence that they can be an A-plus team, it's a matter of will they get there. Um, but, yeah, right now, I think just a little too inconsistent to, to, to be any more than a B, I think. I'm, I'm almost at a loss for words. We all agreed on this on the grade <laughs> for this team. This, like, this never happens. I have my overall grade as a B. I'm, <laughs> I don't really know what. Uh, 
you guys kind of pretty much touched on everything I wanted to say as well. I mean, I think my only other statement is watching this team, watching Monday Night Football, the 49ers, the Seahawks, I feel like this is a Super Bowl team. I feel that they're getting better. The offense is continually growing. I think the defense has its moments. Uh, if they can get a little less bend, don't break, and they can get a little more, just a little more dominant to become right, you know, just kind of a middle of the pack defense that gets them to the Super Bowl. I think that absolutely does. So I think that uh, that's my prediction for overall for the for the season. I think. I'm, I've now officially gone on to the Super Bowl uh, prediction for the Packers. Am I crazy? What do you guys think? No, no, I'm I'm with you. I mean, really, it, everything's so up in the air. We talked about. I don't think there's a single team where you're like that's. I mean, you can point to some and say that's the team to beat, but everyone's got enough flaws and enough question marks. I think, and I mean, really, all you want to do, you, you get you get in the dance, man. You just you get there. And you hope everything breaks. Um, you know, maybe the defense comes together, the offense comes together. Maybe they're you know healthy-ish, uh, and you just you make a run. Uh, which, which if you look at yeah how this how this team is constructed, uh, what they've been able to do, could this team put together on both sides of the ball an absolutely dominant three to four games, without a doubt. With so, yeah, I mean, I don't I I don't think there's anything so far, even if they. Even if they lose a couple down the stretch, I don't think anything's going to change the fact that, yeah, they get to the playoffs. This team has the pieces and they have the talent to make that run. So I'm Absolutely. right there with you, buddy. Especially if they get home field advantage for a lot of the playoffs. That would mm-hmm. be huge because uh, Aaron Rodgers said it in his post-game interview the other day. Like, Lambeau is becoming the place that, you know, it was always hard to play, but now it's becoming like a monster. Like, it's factoring into the game more. It's the place that people are fearing going to. So if they can get, like, that home field advantage in the playoffs, they're going to be tough to beat. And if everybody's healthy and ready to go, that that's a dangerous combination. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, all right, that kind of wraps up our episode. Dusty, I know you've got some closing thoughts you'd like to uh, discuss with us. So uh, hit us with your articles, your videos, all your uh, your good stuff. What you got for me? Uh, so uh, three articles this week, um, as well as what I've been doing lately. I've been taking half a day off work on Tuesday and just getting everything uh, pumped out. And part of that then is I got a whole bunch of plays that I make that don't make an article, and so I just dump those suckers on Twitter. And so I've got a Twitter thread running around of plays from this past week, um, just kind of marked up and really quickly going through them. So that suckers out there. Um, and also three articles. So on Tuesday, on Tuesday, uh, you know, we talked about Zedaria Smith and his 14 pressures. I looked at um, eight plays. Eight plays and basically how they used him lined up different ways and in different areas and different kind of schemes and how that kind of helped him wreak havoc. And some of that's just one-on-one stuff and some of that's playing off of what they've done before. And, you know, Kenny Clark doing stuff was also good. So just took a look at essentially Zarius Smith doing terrible, terrible things uh, to the Panthers <laughs> for eight plays. And that was awesome. Uh, that was a blast. So that's up over on Packer Report. Uh, today, this is coming out on Thursday. Uh, t- today is the Passing Chronicles over on Cheesehead TV. So I've got seven plays up over there. And only over the past couple of weeks, uh, I felt really, really awesome. And I had a theme going. We're like, oh, this, this, this. I only have that this game. Um, they ran, I think, 17 to 18% of their plays this past week were wide receiver screens. I typically don't look at wide receiver screens because 
they're not overly interesting to me. Um, it's just it's basically the same thing, which I I get it. There's just not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, so when you look at like 29 dropbacks or 29 pass attempts and 18% of them are one thing, uh, that limits a little bit. So I do feel like there's some stuff that they were setting up, some stuff they're trying to do that maybe they didn't quite get to, but they'll hit down the line. But still, seven plays there uh, they were looking at over in Cheesehead. That was a uh, you know interesting week. I think some fun stuff there. And then uh, Friday over on Pack Report, I've got uh, kind of talking about is the missed. The shot that was that was knocked away from Devontae Adams in the middle of the field. Talking about that concept, which was a kind of a post dig, and then again, kind of talking about harping on the route depth that kind of leads that up, and also from the angle of if they've got Geronimo Allison running that dig underneath that forces the safety up a little more, uh, and how that opens up stuff up over the top. I mean, this was the MVS one. This was, this was the MVS shot. I'm sorry that he underthrew. Um, and so it's kind of this this looking at the route depth, how the route depth was good, but then even then without the threat of speed from any more than one position, kind of how the lack of speed kind of hurts some of these things. So I dive into that quite a bit um, in Friday. So, I don't know, some fun stuff this week. Um, and then lastly, I guess, unless something happens, and we'll see because I may be getting together with Sarah next week, it looks like. Um, I'll be in Orlando for a, bit, for a conference. Uh, and we've got a big event on Wednesday, so it seems very likely that I will miss this next week. We're going to see if me and Sarah can like record something before the podcast, just the two of us hanging out. Although maybe we'll just talk. I don't know. We're just Am I not a, like I'm not invited to this? Is that yeah? Come on, like... come on down to Orlando, Steve. Come on, okay. come on down, buddy. <laughs> I do have a telephone. We could figure out a way to record something as well. Telephone? I don't under- telephone. I don't understand, Steve. Uh, okay, I'm I'm Sarah now. No, I know Sarah now. <laughs> like for like the thing you text with. Well, how would you how would you that's do that with your wrong. voice? Dude? That's wrong. That's so wrong. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Three articles this week, and then probably missing next week. But but super hyped to meet Sarah in person. It's gonna be awesome. Very much looking forward to this. And you get this really cool fifty-five degree weather. Woo woo! Which is like thirty degrees warmer than what I'm sitting right now. Dusty's <laughs> gonna be in shorts. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sarah, has anything percolated in your mind? No. School no sucks. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you like counted down the days till uh till you're done with school? Every moment of every day. I just think about how awful school is right now and how literally a month from now I won't have to worry about it. I, I just thought if if school is this bad at one point during your one of your horrible classes, you would be counting, literally counting the days, and you have a countdown. I I mean yeah, I mean my graduation is a month from tomorrow, but I'm done okay. with classes like a week or technically today when you all are listening. Um, but technically my classes are done like a few days before that, so I'll have like nothing then. So it's pretty much after once I get to Thanksgiving, I like. 90% of my work is done. Okay. So. so that is when we can give you a, a movie list. So mm. the next two weeks, I just want everyone to think of me when you <laughs> – and the suffering because it has been rough. It has been rough. So. Yeah, school's the worst, man. It is the worst. I'm glad that I will never have to do it again. And then the other day someone – they were like, oh, like you should go to grad school. And I was like, huh. No, I'm done. Maybe one day. But right now, I don't want to ever open a book and read a passage and take a quiz on it ever again. Uh, Dusty, I'm kind of excited for, you know, kind of like January, February when Mm -hmm. she's been working a a real job for 
a couple of months and she comes on and talks about how, how being an adult sucks. And like, Man, I have to pay my rent. I have to pay. What is this, Bill? I, Why do I, I tell that? you right now, I take that any day over going back to school. Any yeah. single day. You can, you can come home from work. And then you don't be like, oh, crap, now I have four more hours of things exactly. to do before I can actually relax. I'm home, I'm home. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. I already, every single day, am pretty much, like, working. So my job's on campus. So I'm literally on campus from, like, 8 to 6 pretty much every single day. And that's, like, a full day of work. And then I come home, and I have to do, like, five hours of work. Or I have to, like, go somewhere and meet my group. So, like... The fact that, like, I can go a day and then come home and not have to do anything, like, essentially I'm going to be less busy than I have been in years. We'll we'll see. Yeah, and then on the weekends, usually (laughs) after work, the football games, and, like, do all that. Like, now I won't do that anymore. She's at the end of her rope, Steve. Let her have this. It's not not what I do, Dustin. Let her be happy. That's you. That's me. You give the heart. Turn the the anger at me. Let Sarah be happy. All right. That's fine. (laughs) That was easy. I'll give you that one. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Dusty, you and I will have to start working on a uh, a movie list. So if you guys yeah. listening have any iconic, like, 80s movies that Sarah needs to watch. Have you seen The Goonies? Yes, I've seen okay. The Goonies. Cool. Good. Uh, all right. Okay. You saved yourself on that one. Right. Mark, <laughs> mark that one off. All right. Thank God. Uh, so we'll start working on that, and uh, we'll get that to you around Thanksgiving time. That way you've got a Thanksgiving break, and then after that uh, – we got to we got to think up some Christmas ones as well because then oh, yeah. they run into Christmas as well. So we will hit not too many. We don't want to overwhelm her, but we got to hit. You know. Yeah, so, I, I can only do like one or two at first, but then sure. I watch one like every single night, pretty much. Christmas Vacation. Have you seen that one? Remind me what that's about again. <laughs> she hasn't. No. She hasn't seen it. No. Steve. Oh my god! We, we're not Are doing you, this. We're not doing this right now, Steve. We'll be oh here all my night. god! We're not doing this right now. We're just gonna start naming off awesome Christmas movies. She's like, wait, which one is that one? Nope, yeah, so, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night, you know, that oh, one with, the, with the, the Santa Claus that, that murders the kid's parents, and then he becomes a murderer Santa Claus himself. You know that the, that classic? Oh, no, you mean yeah. the Santa Claus? <laughs> no. No, this one's, got, this one's got way more blood, Steve. Oh, no, I haven't <laughs> seen the horror version, but, I mean, mm. if you think about it, in the Santa Claus, he kills Santa Claus and becomes Santa Claus. This is like that. Except blood. Except not. <laughs> Okay, I like where your head's at. I I will watch that one. How about that'll be my homework assignment for Christmas time? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Go for it. If it don't, you're gonna think poorly of me if you do. Let's <laughs> I say that right now. I, mean, I watch not watch really that possible. sucker every year. It's not possible for me to think worse of you. So I, I just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think you might find yourself surprised. <laughs> Uh, okay, for my closing thoughts, uh, for anyone who has children, I had just one of the uh, the absolute fun moments when last night when I was reading my kid, my four-year-old daughter, a book, and we were having a little bit of just joking around, and she took one of her Barbies and was trying to smack me in the head with it, and so I grabbed it, and she literally said, hey, what are you doing? Her hand just went in my booger hole. <laughs> So I officially need to make sure that everybody gets on board with this. You no longer have nostrils. Everything from now on is it's always called your booger booger hole. I'm in. In? Okay. Sarah, I'm sure you can get that going on a college campus, right? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll just I'll just start posting signs everywhere. That's a good way. She's got three weeks off to school. That's a good thing to go out on top of. You know where Sarah? Sarah the booger hole girl. You remember? 
I mean, lost, she's, her, lost her mind with three weeks ago. Wouldn't stop saying booger hole. Oh, she's, yeah. got, she's got access to, like, the UCF uh, Twitter, the Limitless Twitter. I mean, you can do some hashtag booger holes on there, right? Yeah. I, didn't like, I didn't like hashtag booger holes. I, I might be <laughs> Steve. <laughs> See, this is why I hate you, Dusty. <laughs> I asked for one thing, and you're like, oh, yeah, I can totally do that. And then four seconds later, no, no, I'm done. I don't want yeah. that. You throw a hashtag in front of it, I don't like it. Yeah, you surprised? I'm an old person. I don't like hashtags. What's it, the pound sign? You mean the pound <laughs> sign, Steve? Uh, yeah. All right, well, uh, that should that should do it. And end on booger holes. I think that's a good way to go. Mm-hmm. But uh, next week we will we will see what happens. We don't know if Dusty and Sarah will be together, if they will uh, be able to record with me or not. So it could be me and Sarah. It could be all three of us. It could be me by myself. Nobody knows. I'm waiting for a reaction from Sarah. She gave me nothing. So, well, she, she just heard that you gave her an out for next week is how yeah. I took that. I mean, I'll be there. Okay. So. All right. So me and Sarah for sure, for sure. And we will be breaking down the Sunday night football game between the uh, Packers and 49ers. So it should be a good time. As always, uh, follow us on Twitter. We've got at Dusty Evely with articles, videos, everything you can imagine. It's uh, – Again, it pains me to say it, but it's, he's he's a great follow. So make sure you follow him at Sarah Kelleher four at Packaday Podcast, and for me at Steve Perhatch. So we will talk to you guys next week, and as always, go pack, go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.